Well, thank you so much for the godly music. I mean, uh, my heart has been blessed. If I'd only had the congregational singing. And uh, my goodness, do I love Amazing Grace, and it just adds more. We can do a key change in it. I just love all of that. Music is a wonderful thing, isn't it? It lifts our heart and lifts our spirit. Um, a lot of the doctrine that I know, you know, Bible teaching, I actually learned as a kid just singing those songs. There's a lot of good Bible doctrine. If you've got the right songs, uh, it's really wonderful, and you should never take that for granted. So thank you so much for the good music, for the special, from the ladies. That's just wonderful as well. Now, we're glad for each one of you here. If you're visiting, that certainly blesses our hearts a thousand times over. Uh, but you be sure and come back and hear the pastor. Now, I'm having a little voice problem, and I'm sorry. I'll do the best um, I possibly can. Let me invite you to John chapter 8 in your Bibles. John chapter 8. You know, God is so wonderful and so precious and uh, so thankful for Jesus Christ, part of the Godhead, but God is so uh, far up there in some ways, you know, we could never attain to His status. The difference in Christianity and religion is that Christianity is God reaching down to man. Religion has a lot to do with man constantly trying to reach up, and I'm just telling you we can't get there. But Jesus Christ made that possible. One time I was thinking about how Christ is between us and God and allows us to do that, and the word that came to mind was handle. Uh, you know, we have a, a pan on the stove, and it's boiling and it's hot. Aren't you glad they have a handle? You can't get hold of it. Or if you're out in a garden working with a hoe, the work is being done by the metal part in the dirt, isn't it? How would you like to try that without a handle? And, and Jesus Christ, I know it's a very simple illustration, probably not adequate, but the only way you can get hold of God is through Christ because he became the God-man. He, he came in flesh and lived a sinless life and then rose from the grave. There's only one like that. And I'm so grateful to him because my need was great. And so I've been in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I mean from the time I was born. And I was a religious person. But in my heart, I didn't have a relationship with God. And, but I came into that church when I was 14 years old, and a man opened the Bible, and he preached. And I clearly understood that I needed to trust Christ to be my personal Savior. And from that time, <laughs> the relationship with God has just grown. It's been so special, and I'm so thankful for it. Well, if you can and you don't mind, would you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God? And if you'll follow along silently, and then I will read audibly. You, you just read silently, and I'll read audibly. John chapter 8, beginning in verse 31. Uh, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Now, only the truth can make people free. Lies cannot. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou you shall be made free? 
Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. Verse 36. If the son, therefore, Jesus Christ, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Now, Father, thank you for the privilege we have to be together. And I ask you one more time to illumine our hearts and minds. Holy Spirit, help us to understand Bible truth. And then, Lord, as your Spirit works in our hearts and we feel it tug, uh, help us to be tender-hearted and responsive to your Word. Now, I'm sure there might be people here that's not heard the Word of God very much, had not maybe read it in the Bible, and I pray for a special measure of grace and understanding. Now, we all go back far enough to two people, Adam and Eve. And I would wish there never had been a fall, there would never been sin. And had there not been, we'd all still be one big family and brothers and sisters. But we did. And that can only be corrected by that sin be taken away. And the only person who can do it was Christ because He's the only one that lived a sinless life. And He took my place. And He took everyone else's place that would let Him. So have your perfect way today in our lives and in this service. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> now, a few countries, um, if any, are as patriotic as America. We have a Japanese daughter that lived with us 13 years. And I remember the first Memorial Day that she was in America. And the flags were just everywhere. And there was a cemetery down the street from our church, and we drove down there. You could hardly even see the ground or anything. They were just red, white, and blue, red, white, and blue, red, white, and blue. And I could see uh, she was taken back by that. And I said, um, don't you honor your flag in Japan? She said, yes, we do, but nothing like this. In America, there are probably few people as proud or more proud of their state than Texans. Now, you don't have to agree with them, <laughs> but the point is they're very proud of it. If you've been around one very long, he'll quickly tell you, I'm from Texas. Why would that be? I think it might be because Texas was born out of a great battle at the Alamo, and a lot of people died that they become a state, and they're thankful for that. I believe one reason that Americans are so patriotic is that we too fought a great battle, Revolutionary War, in order that we might have the freedom to follow God as we see fit. And so the price that was paid uh, was a very high price. I have a friend uh, in Canada, it's not Brother Monette, I think he's been here, but another friend in Canada, Canadian, and he said to me one day, he said, Brother Hardy, I, I hope this doesn't sound bad, but he said, your national anthem moves me more than my own. And I said, well, that's interesting to know. I said, our national anthem moves me too. And if you were to start playing it, I'm sure that I would be affected by it because I am thankful that I can follow God the way I choose without persecution. 
I, I'm not forced into a corner or something because I have to serve God with my heart, you know, and, and not because someone tells me uh, that I have to do that. Well, the American flag, you know, is popular all year long. It's not just around July the 4th or Memorial Day or something like that. And America is self-described as a land of the free and the home of the brave. Now, I don't know if that is as true as it was one time. America used to be a much more godly nation than it is now. When I was a little boy, I can remember so many things that our nation held dear uh, because they were godly things and holy things. Uh, but then, you know, when materialism comes and money and so forth, many times, you know, that corrupts. But I bring that thought out is that we describe ourselves as a land of the free, especially that word, and the home of the brave. Now, the comments that Jesus was making here was not just to an individual. It was a group of Jewish people. And, of course, he meant that for all the Jews, but, of course, all the Jews were not there. And he was talking to them about what it means to really be free. And he says the truth. The truth is what sets people free. Well, now they were offended at him when he said that. And so they responded, Don't you know that we're of Abraham's seed and have never been in bondage to anybody? Well, that wasn't true. They didn't say the truth. There were some people called the Babylonians. There were people called the Chaldeans and so forth that gave them a lot of trouble. Now, you do have to give the Jewish people the credit that even when they didn't have a land, they were still very loyal to their God and their spirit was never subjugated. But it's not true that they had that total and complete freedom. But now, Jesus was thinking on a higher plane than they were thinking on. And by the way, he normally does think on a higher plane than you think on and that I think on. His ways are above our ways. So, and they responded to him that way. They were Abraham's seed in verse 33. But Jesus was thinking about something greater. He said in verse 34, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Now, they were looking at Jesus' question as a national issue. In other words, we can do that in America too, can't we? So in other words, Americans could say we're free. I can move to any state I want to move to. I can live in any city I want to live in. I can go get a job wherever I want. I can go to school and major in whatever I want. Now, a lot of people don't have those freedoms, but I am thankful that we have them. But that is not the greatest freedom in the world. The greatest freedom in the world is to be free from sin. And he said to them... You think you're free as a national group of people, but whoever serves sin is a servant of sin. Now, you may not say you're somebody's servant, but if you're over there every day doing what they say, whether you get paid or not, you are their servant. And he was making that plain to them. Now, this is a parallel for we Americans. I still remember the first long trip that I took on our submarine. As a matter of fact, it was to Trinidad, heading down towards the old. His eyesight was bad. He couldn't tell. And so they deceived him, and he got the blessing. But, you know, 
Jacob discovered that sin never pays. Well, he had to leave home because of that, didn't he? No longer could he live there because Esau was hot. He was mad. He would have taken Jacob's life. You know, Rebecca made her mistake too because she thought, now Jacob, you just get out of town for a few days and Esau will cool down and it'll be all right. Jacob left, but he never saw his mother again because he didn't get to come home after a few days. And you remember that Jacob went to work for his uncle. His uncle's name was Laban. And he worked for Laban and Jacob himself said, Ten times I was cheated out of my wages. What's it like to work all week? You come in on Friday afternoon to get your check and they say, I'm sorry, we don't have one for you this week. That makes things tough, doesn't it? And the next week or two, you come by, you go in again and say, you know, I get my check and pay my bills. Sorry, no check this week. You know, every time that happened to Jacob, what he thought? He thought, God hasn't forgotten my sin. Did you know God didn't have any trouble with his memory? I do. God doesn't have any trouble with his memory. I mean, Jacob paid over and over, and I, and I guarantee you every time he remembered back, I did wrong, and I'm paying for it. God never forgets. Oh, maybe the darkest day in Jacob's life. You remember he himself later on married and had a, a good-sized family, and he had one son that he just, his next youngest, Joseph. Uh, if you've read your Bible, he made him a coat of many colors. He loved Joseph. And Joseph loved his dad. He was very loyal to his dad. When it came to loyalty between Joseph and his brothers, his loyalty was always stronger to his dad. He always gave his dad an honest report. And by the way, that's where it should be. But you'll remember then that the brothers didn't like Joseph for several reasons. And, and they took Joseph and put him in a pit. And uh, then they took his coat of many colors and they put animal blood all over it. And then they took up the Jacob, his father, and said, whose coat is this? Old man, do you know whose coat this is? And oh, oh, the, the pain. Jacob thought, my son Joseph, my, my son of many colors, him the coat. And some animal has devoured him. And surely his mind said, and it's all because of my sin. And he remembered what he had done. What would you think about? We had a screen up here this morning and then... All of a sudden, we put on the screen, we go individuals one at a time. Everything you've ever done, everything you've ever thought. Wouldn't take long for this auditorium to empty, would it? And I wouldn't want you to get in my way. Because we all know, don't we, that there's sin in our background. You say, well, God never forgets. No. He doesn't ever forget except according to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 17. God only forgets when he chooses to forget. And when we trust Christ, his only begotten son is our personal savior. He said on that basis, their sins and their iniquities, I will remember no more. The Bible says there's far as the east is from the west. We don't have an east and west pole, just a north and a south. He says, I'll put them behind my back to never be seen. I'll put them in the depths of the sea. They're gone forever and they'll never come up again. And to be saved indeed means to be saved from the penalty of sin. Is that wonderful? Oh, we go to bed at night and we're not perfect people. 
And we, we don't feel good about that. We'd like to do everything right, but we can't. I go to bed at night and I lay my head on my pillow and I think, Lord, I wish I'd done some things better today. But if Christ comes tonight, I'm going. I'm not going because I've been good. I'm not going because I'm somebody. I'm not going because of how much of God's word I know. I'm going because Christ hung on the cross and died for me. And I accepted him as my personal savior. I am free from the penalty of sin. I don't care what country you live in. I don't care how much money you have. If you don't know for sure that heaven is your home, that'll be in your mind forever. And my friend, you are not free. You'll only be free when you know that my citizenship is in heaven. And if Christ comes today, I'm on my way. I'm not talking about just being a member of a church. I'm not just talking about being baptized. I'm talking about a personal experience with Christ. Spafford said it this way in his song. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. What a great verse of that song, It Is Well With My Soul, that I I know you sometimes sing here. What does it mean to be free indeed? Free from the penalty of sin. But number two, freedom from the power of sin. Sin is powerful. Achan knew the power of sin. In Joshua chapter 7, children of Israel were going over to the promised land. The first big obstacle they had was the city of Jericho. And God said, if you'll just do this right, march around the city, do what I tell you to do, the walls are going to fall down. Not one man will have to give his life. And that's the way it happened. But he said, don't you go in there picking up all the material stuff, You're not getting the city so you can have all the gold and the silver. But Achan saw some gold and silver in a garment that he liked, and he did just the opposite of what God said. And then a few days later, they were going to go up and deal with a little city called Ai, just just a village compared to Jericho. And they just took a few men and went up there, a few thousand men, and uh, 36 fathers never came back and died. Because of her sin in the camp. Sin is powerful. Sin is like a bunch of fish hooks with fishing lines still connected to it, and it gets into us, and it's very difficult to get away from. As a matter of fact, we can't get away from it unless we're delivered from it by the Lord uh, Himself. You know, pa- Paul knew the power of sin. He says, All things are lawful unto me, 1 Corinthians 6 12. But all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And you ask yourself, why do God's people sin? Do you know why we do? Because we choose to. We don't have to. I mean, some of you have been saved out of a life of drugs or maybe out of alcohol or maybe pornography or immorality. And and there were times when you couldn't say no. And people across this city last night shot drugs into their veins and, and all sorts of things. But you didn't. You said no. Well, you didn't say no because you had the ability. Many times we say no because of the grace of God that comes into our life. We, when we get saved, when we're free indeed, we're free from the penalty of sin. 
but we're also free from the power of sin. Someone says, well, y'all just Christians can't do it. If I understand my Bible right, I can do anything I want, and it won't affect my salvation. But Paul said that. He said, all things are lawful for me, but they're not all expedient. What does expedient mean? You can do some things that you may can get by with, but they're not good for you. They're bad for you and bad for your family and bad for the people you know, and it'll cost you. It won't cost you eternal security, but it'll cost you. It sure feels good just to uh, let the devil bring up a temptation and say, well, we use this word in Oklahoma. I'm sure you wouldn't use it in New York. Nah. That means no. It's emphatic colloquialism in Oklahoma, Texas. Nah. I remember when we first got married, and I was just out of boot camp. We had very little money, made $35 a week as our gross pay. I have two material weaknesses. I love books, and I love tools. Amen, brothers? Tools are a good thing. If the men go to the hospital, for God's sake, don't send them flowers. Take them a sack full of tools. Can I get an amen out of that, brothers? Yes. Back before we had cell phones, we'd go to a mall or something, and my wife feels called to touch everything in the store. <laughs> it means she'll buy anything, but she just wants to touch it all. It's a woman thing. Women shop and men hunt, right? We want to go right for what we're looking for. And she say, how long do I have? And I said, well, an hour, two hours, whatever. And then I'm about to, about to tell her where I'll meet her. She says, I know. You'll be in the craftsman tool department. I said, yes, ma'am, I will. Because that was the only place in the whole mall had anything worth buying. <laughs> and I used to go down and look at some of those tools. Tools save a man a lot of trouble and some knuckles and all kinds of stuff, you know. But I didn't have the money to buy anything. You know, God's been good. I could probably go to Sears or the Craftsman Tool Department and buy anything I want. Now, this is the good way to be. Not that you can't buy, but to take it off the counter and look at it. The money's in your back pocket, and you can do what you want. But you say, I don't think so. I think I'll just keep my money. That's like the Christian life. Nobody's more free than the Christian because Christ paid it all. But we say, because he saved us, because of the grace that God gives me, I'll not be captive to a tool, to a book, to alcohol or drugs. I'll not be captive to any of it any longer. I'm done with it. You'll have freedom from the penalty of sin, and you'll have freedom from the power of sin. Spafford went on with one of his verses. He said, though Satan should buffet, and he will, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control, that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. What does it mean to be free indeed? Free from the penalty of sin, free from the power of sin, and then number three, freedom from the presence of sin. It's everywhere, isn't it? You can't escape sin down here. It's everywhere. It's on our streets. I don't know about here. I mean, I see stuff on your streets. I see advertisements. You go down south, Oklahoma and Texas, you drive down the highway. It says, adult video store. Smut. Junk. Pornography. And you see trucks or cars parked out there, and you're thinking, for God's sake, just to mess up somebody's sin. I mean, they're selling it in there like a store 
Our stores sell a lot of sin, don't they? It's in our malls and all over the place. You walk down a mall and you're not down there very far. It's not the Craftsman Tool Department. It's Victoria's Secret. I got news for you. Pardon my grammar. Victoria ain't got no secrets. And probably a Christian lady has no business in there. When I was a kid, they'd have locked those people up that owned that store. And they should. I mean, you can have the stuff in there. You don't have to display it all out front with all the pictures for the men, do you? I mean, I'm not going to buy any of it. But it's everywhere. It's in our schools in the form of godless teaching and immorality. It's also in our churches. <clears throat> I'd like to think that everybody comes in the door of a church that's given their life to Christ and doing the very best they can to live a, a godly and a holy life. But many churches today, they don't care about godliness and holiness. They just want to make money and pay the bills and entertain everybody. We're not here for entertainment. We're here to understand the Word of God and try to be more like God. He's the one that paid the price for us. Sin's in our homes, isn't it? Sometimes, I used to talk about a big... 27-inch TV tube being like a sewer pipe. Now it's a 46-inch one, isn't it? I mean, how much stuff on there is worth looking at in all reality? One of the worst things that's probably ever happened to America. Hollywood. It's pitiful. Sin affects all people. None of us have ever escaped it. The penalty and the power... And you're making a difference what state you live in, making a difference what city you live in. I'm telling you, it'll be there. You can go to the, the neatest little country village or town, anywhere you want to go, and you stay there very long, you'll see that sin is there. Has nothing to do with your economic condition. Oh, our government say if people just had enough money to pay their bills and a place to live and something to eat, they'd all be good people. That's a lie out of the pits of hell. That's not true. If you have no money at all, sin will still be there knocking on your door. If you're a multimillionaire, it'll still be there. You won't escape. Oh, they said if we just had the education. No, that won't fix it. If you have no education, it'll be there. And if you have a PhD, it'll still be there. It affects all people. It's everywhere. Aren't you tired of it? And I'm tired of it. Don't you get tired of having to lock your house and lock your doors and put an alarm system on there and lock your car? That's your car. That's your house. You shouldn't have to spend all that time protecting it after you get it. It's because of sin. You let your wife go to the mall, like we'd have down south, you know, with big parking lots, and, and then you, but you have to say, no, honey. Uh, when you come out, don't come out by yourself. And don't walk across a dark parking lot. Make sure you got some people with you and walk in the lighted area. That's not right to have to do that. But it's because sin is everywhere. Boy, my heart gets heavy and I get so tired of watching the news. You got some dumpy looking guy about 40 years old or so. And he's just kidnapped somebody's little 10-year-old granddaughter or daughter, molested her, put her in a 55-gallon drum and throw her in a pond or something. And then they will say, well, we just want to understand why he would think like that. 
I'm not going to take time to find out why he thinks like that. I'm just going to hang him right then myself. I'm tired of that stuff. America's got where he favors the criminal. In Oklahoma, every inmate we have in prison costs us $40,000 a year. That comes out of the hard-earned wages of the taxpayer. If you're on death row, it's between $75,000 and $100,000 a year. And I'm sick to death of people working themselves to death so they can sit in there and watch TV and, and get a college education while the good people are just killing themselves trying to make a living. But I mean, the stuff is everywhere. <clears throat> you don't know what sin does. <clears throat> That's some of it. But what does it mean to be free indeed? Uh, free indeed, free from the penalty of sin. Free from the power of sin and free from the very presence. All of us know someone who's been affected by cancer, Alzheimer's, so many horrible diseases. That's a result of sin too. Not their personal sin. The fact that sin's in the world. That's it. Isn't that a heartbreak? But the day will come when that'll be all be over. Spafford said in Lord, haste the day. When my faith shall be sight, and the clouds be rolled back as a scroll, the trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend, even so it is well with my soul. Let me just read to you then from Revelation chapter 21, just for a moment. It says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and, and shall be their God. And verse 4 says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, and no more sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat up on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these things are faithful and true. Are you free indeed? This Bible tells you how you can be. I'm telling you it works because God's word's true. I know it's worked because it happened to me when I was 14 years of age. And God keeps his word, and God is good. Today, if you don't know that heaven is your home, someone could take the Bible and show you how to trust Christ as your personal Savior. And then let me say to you, our cities need churches like this that preach the gospel. If you don't have a church home, God's going to expect you to get in some place and be involved so other people can know what you know. You need a place to serve the Lord. And if you've been saved and never been scripturally baptized, identify with the Lord and with His people. You ought to do that today. And don't wait. Don't wait. The Lord could come tomorrow and you could tell the Lord, oh, I intended to. That's not going to mean a thing to Him. It's what you do. What does it mean to be free indeed? Free from the penalty, free from the power, free from the presence. Let's all stand. We're going to have a verse of invitation.